Hello and welcome to episode 68 of the Mad Axman podcast and the sixth in this row of lockdown series three as we come into what potentially may even be the tail end of the UK wide lockdown. Um, the whole team seven get rather excited about this that this week as we consider the possibility of both being able to play again and go to the pub. We also have all the regular features. Andy's quiz returns and Dave takes centre stage for an episode of I'm Sorry I Think You're an Ass. We also then of course trot through the week's painting, the week's gaming and then finally we wrap up as usual with a look ahead to what's coming in the next week or so. So sit back, pin back your ears and enjoy the podcast. This means war. Well, look, we're here. We we're recording on um, a Monday evening, just after our, um, our glorious leader. Um, I think Sorry. looking around, oh, right, it's probably glorious <laughs> on account of. Um, I'm not sure the rest of us could could brush our hair with a balloon and have quite such an effect. Um, but I, if I'm if I'm reading it correctly, um, I suspect it means that we might even be potentially back in the um, the escape um, playing toy soldiers. By the seventeenth of May, is that the right one, or is it uh, June? Was it twenty first of June? It's it's um first of June. It's one of those two. It's one of those two. Um, I see time I mean, to paint up armies then. Plenty of time. So, to what paint army up should we do? What army should we do? Well, look, let's dive into the painting and see which armies are on the deck this week because the full set of seven are here, and I'm going to go straight to the middle of my screen today, which is Mister Finkel. In your um in your glorious um kitchen environment as as usual i imagine you've got a big pot of paint bubbling away there on the stove top and um and what is it it was skeletons last week wasn't it have you, have you learned any more about skeletons yes they're actually easier to paint than i thought i've actually painted the, um finished all the infantry the spearmen and they've, i've got 160 10 mil figures of bowmen and i've actually undercoated them all and I've finished painting about half of them. Wow. So, okay. So I'm, so I'm cracking through them at a, at a rare old pace, and I suspect that if I can keep this pace of painting up, which depends on having one evening or one day of painting uh, over the weekend, that I could finish the army by the end of March, which would be quite surprising. Wow. Then they'd be able to meet two other people outside in a social situation without doing exercise or something. Is that the way it would work? Um, they could meet for coffee. Not, not that that would really work for skeletons. I wouldn't have thought. Um, difficult for them. No, to... the coffee would. Uh, the, the, mind you, the coffee would be a, a probably cheaper form of uh, of wash, right, wouldn't it? Yeah, wash. Yes, it would. Yeah, be the right colour. You, well. you could dip them in Starbucks instead of going for army painter or something like yeah, that. Well, what a then, skeleton uh, mocker. Yeah, a skeleton bone mocker, please. Indeed, that could be the one. Right. So you're 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 forging ahead faster than you think but you've got a um a five week window to see how much that effectiveness carries on with and then a Indeed. week to review the data and then you'll decide if there's another army that's right and we can always does that, mean you're gonna have, does that mean you're gonna have to think about what's next a lot quicker than you um you thought have you got a five-step process to take you through to june no i've got a one-step process i look at the list on the side of my war games cupboard and see what's up what's next Oh, right. Oh, okay. But you're not. No, even I think no, I can't be bothered doing that. I'll do something else. You'll jump ahead of the queue, wouldn't you? Definitely. Well, look, jump, jumping ahead of the queue as well. Mr. Mr. Saunders, you've still got um, somebody else's figures, I guess, in your painting queue. And um, what's 
what's going on there in um as you as you peer into your microscope almost and um and, and bite are you biting a brush there is someone about to undertake um wargaming related surgery on you with a with a sprue clipping tool or something like that i'm gonna clean it off if i'm gonna talk can i yeah yeah that might be an idea i'm just literally painting bandoliers or the the leather or whatever on the bandoliers onto the lisburn regiment of the english and welsh center attack regiments of the battle of Orgrim. Okay, that's pretty specific. Did they have very unique yeah. bandoliers? Well, and you're pa painting Jack, and you'll be painting Paul next, so you're getting that specific. No, no, no. After that, I've got pre-prepared. Pre I've got two more regiments ready to go undercoated. Here you go. Hold on. Okay. Ah, right. That's good. One, They're all on another table. So that's going to be the Garde de Voet, the Dutch Guard of Foot. I, I like your pronunciation there because I think. Um, Did you I've, say I've the got Battle of Orgrim, Dave? Yeah, well, Simon Simon sent me a, a little um, a, a YouTube film of the Battle of Orgrim by the guys. Orgrim. By the from, uh, the League of Orgrim uh, website, and they, they've done their little toy soldiers crossing the the river. Right. So is it a very shallow river then? Struggling across the river. He learned about because the battle in school. The thing I remember was hearing the French commander got his head shot off by a cannonball. He did. He lost his head to a cannonball completely, and then they all ran away. I'm, I'm lost here. I don't, last time we were talking about the Battle of the Boeing, and now you've started inventing completely new words um, for battle. I'm not even sure what war it is, and then I'm even it's, more puzzled. It's the that following year, and it's called the Battle of Ochrim. It's spelled A-U-G-H-R-I-M, but it's pronounced Ochrim. Trust me, I'm a lawyer. I studied the Irish language. We'll come back to this later. That, I there's, a whole, there's a whole whiskey. Trust me, I'm a lawyer. Things. Trust me, I'm a lawyer. I studied the Irish language. There's a lot going on in that sentence, Andy. None of All it, of it true. makes much sense. All questions okay. and answers, I suspect. Right. So there's there's a battle that you're now doing particular figures for, then, Dave, and um, and you're going down to. Is there record of individual regiments then? Yeah. yeah so battle? anyway, so basically the Battle of Ochrin, and we're going to come back to pronunciation later, I think. Um, is, is, is basically the Battle of the Boyne exactly the same. It's impossible to tell one from the other, even down to the river and crossing the river and all this nonsense. But we know actually the regiments and, you know, even the colours there are. So this regiment I'm painting at the moment is sort of like a, a sort of steely blue, you know, not not pale blue, but a bit grey in there. So Does that mean you ventured into paint mixing then, Dave, or have you just bought a different I Vallejo? I actually did some, I had to do some paint mixing for this regiment, although I'm a bit worried they've come out a bit too blue. But um, no, no, so most of them are sort of grey jackets with either red cuffs or yellow cuffs or red cuffs or blue cuffs. But, if know, the we, person that's paying Dave to paint his army is listening, I would just like to say that um, the blue that Dave mixed is bang on to historical sources. It's perfect, perfect isn't it? Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. No, 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 I'm not so sure about that. Yeah. We'll see, we'll see. Because I mean, You're well, not very good at this sales thing, are you, mate? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's all... I actually got the, the army painter mixing thing out. I'm a better be careful before I pour water all over the computer. I've got my army painter palette. The wet palette. 
and it's actually just it's full of water for the first time in about god knows four months but surely there shouldn't be enough water in it that you could actually spill it isn't the whole point that it's soaked up into the mad weird sponge thing well i think it sort of floats on top of it I, I mean, I, it's you float the sponge right we're going to call in call in the expert tamsin how much water in a wet palette enough to drain out is it soaked in is it um no oh how much um you should be able to see water around the edge i was around the edge of the sort of the, the spongy fight, thing fight, the spongy bit yeah. but so if, it, you tip, it, so if you tipped it up it, it would run out it's going over on top of the membrane you've got too much you've got too yeah. much so a little all right i need to have a quick butchers at mine then because i think mine is i can see damp around um i but i can't quite see actual water maybe that's gone um maybe that's, that's that needs some more work then doesn't it okay yeah. right we'll come back to that the don't get water right, yeah. on your membrane no no definitely not on the membrane so um so dave how close how close are you to finishing this army then um i'd say i'm about 60 oh, percent through it okay is it the frilly frilly cuffs that's taking time, or the um, the bandoliers? These figures don't have frilly cuffs, really. They, they've got a cuff on the jacket, but no, no. I'm 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 into a, I'm into my measure. I know how to do them now. I know I've got a pretty good system going with it. So did you do a test figure to start off with then? Uh, sort of, yeah. I did sort of test regiment, and then sort of went, discussed it with my uh, my commission person. Your client. My client, exactly, sent him some pictures and said, what do you think so far? He did you have a Zoom call to discuss it and um, did a screen share, things like that? Was it just Did, like did you do a colour palette with uh, like little swatches as well? And a mood board, possibly. Well, no, actually, I've, I've been given an Excel spreadsheet <laughs> with all the regiments on it and what colour their jackets, cuffs and handkerchiefs wow. are and all that sort of thing. So are you actually developing an interest in this war then now, or has it just been a... It's rather difficult not to. As I say, the move, the YouTube movie from the League of Bahrain is very good and recommended. It's quite good, especially with the little soldiers trying to cross the river, and they're in the river, and, you know, that's... So I really recommend that. Okay. Thing. So, that would fit into your Renaissance rule, Simon, wouldn't it? The League of Augsburg. Oh, yeah. I may have an army for that period. I'm so surprised. <laughs> yeah, it's Ottomans with them um, Swedish allies, is it, or something like yeah. that? Yeah, that could be the one. All right, okay. The armies well, in Ireland uh, weren't that big. I'm not sure the Ottomans were that big. Um, it, it just well, I suppose the armies were big, but the people were not um, big. No, that's that's gone into a hole, hasn't it? We'll stop that one. Um, but look, we had a, a brief bit of um, Tamsin education there. So, Tamsin, you're now two, three weeks into unpacking stuff or, or re-unpacking stuff temporarily or, or doing it in some way. And then there were some um, 28 mil paratroopers that were threatened. I think we saw the pictures of them um, or the un, um, undeblistered yeah. pictures, possibly, um, before they've been deblistered. But the six mil stuff was still chugging along. So yeah, the so six mil stuff is still chugging along. And right. Yes, yes. Again, I managed to keep distracting myself away from Good. painting. Yeah. Uh, but I did. I have got the flesh and the hair done on all of all hundred and five of those cavalry. So now that's interesting because you're mentioning the word a hundred and five there, which possibly means you are in American Civil War 
painting yes. dip at which point there's a point when you're painting american civil war you just go how bloody many of these things are there and they're all about the same um i think adam do you um you remember when we both did those huge yeah. 10 mil armies and it's just there's a point at which you lose the will to live mm. until you you know cresting that hill is quite difficult i remember getting very excited at one point because i did some waves zwaves and i got got some red out rather than yeah. sort of like the blue or the gray or i've never been quite sure what shade color, color butternut is but i've always gone for sort of like a sort of like pale brownie thing it's it's, it's a bit boring, doesn't it? Vague yeah. brown. Vague brown. So, Vague brown. It's a really good paint. Really Vague good. brown. All right. So, Tamsin, where's your head at then? With the, are you are you starting to hate them as much as the union did? Or um... no, no. It's just that it's it's been more a case for I've been distract, distracted because books I want to finish so I can get on to read other ones. So I've been distracting myself reading rather than actually painting. Wow. Wow. We okay. So you need to finish a book in order to. St so how many books do you have on the go at any one time? Because I, I, I suspect I might have about four. Three. Three. Okay, that's a reasonable number. In fact, maybe a quick round that we might have a quick round thing. How many books do people have on the go at the, any one time? Two, one, four for Peter. I've got Dave. really disciplined, and I'm down to two or three. Two or three. It's about five or six, if I include work, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Probably four or five of when in one time. Yeah, I find limited to two. Don't always succeed because she told us they'll get the three. But uh, <laughs> that's good. So, so you're still chewing through your. Have you found any more interesting stuff about roadside maintenance um, from airborne paratroopers in Malaya? Is there a, no, a, even a more niche book than last time? Nothing else. I, I, I was watching Pacific War in color though. At the weekend, Tamsin, you've got to try and check that out. There's some great oh, pictures for it. Colonel Sasson? Yes. Um, it was on um, Smithsonian Channel. Yes. Oh. I'm sure you can see it on YouTube, but um, oh, it was great pictures. It was um, seeing some of the ones later on. Tamsin, there was a film on Talking Pictures TV, and it's repeated later this week. Uh, it's called Gl The Glory Is there's his glo There's his The Glory. Yeah, I've seen that. That's Arnhem. The actual Battle of Arnhem, refought in 1946 by the people who actually fought it. Yeah. And there's actual <laughs> tanks, yeah. tanks and tiger tanks and all sorts of things rolling around the streets with all the paras who are at Arnhem playing themselves. Well, not all of, not all of them. Not paras. all of them, no. Uh, no, no clearly not. No. A good selection who, who? of them, yeah. I wonder who played the other side. Um, they probably didn't get those people back, did they, I imagine? Um, they're probably not too welcome in the Arnhem area for, in in 1946. Okay, so it's been been reading, but you've just been when you've been doing flesh. Are you telling us that um, in six mil are you doing the faces a blob or are you doing actual faces? Blob. Blob. Good. Thank oh, the yeah. Lord for that. It's a blob. Blob of flesh. I, I. I. It will get brought. It will get some sort of shading when when I do when I do the wash at the end. Mm. Are you just this for a particular rule set, Tamsin? Uh, no particular rule set. I uh, well, I was, I was, I was doing them up, doing them up originally for for Polemus rules from Bacchus. They're uh, based at based on that. Uh, okay. Let's just tell you, yeah, what on earth would you want one hundred and five Union cavalry for? That seems like an awful big number. Well, because I was thinking that I, as a scenario, I might do Brandy Station, but. <laughs> 
Depends if you're going to pop down to Richmond at any point, I guess, really, on the district line. Um, there is a there, there, there's a union coverage you want. There's an Osprey book on Brandy Station written by a friend of mine called Dan Beatty, and he actually showed me around the battlefield. Yeah, I think I've, I think I might have that one actually. Yeah, it's one of the six you're reading at this point in time. No, uh, no, no. I, <laughs> oh, it's been read before. Well, not I've read, okay. read, a, read years ago. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right, so so it's been facial blobs and then um, then plenty of reading. Then. Okay. This means war. This means war. Let's carry on going around. I think Peter, I saw you and your um, still slightly weird wing to our hair. Um, staring back and you were waving a wing to Zara at me I believe earlier on or, or to all of yes. us somewhere on the screen um, I've had a bit of a busy week with uh, boring work stuff so I finally got onto the uh, the, the fun winged Zars and I'm quite enjoying looking at some of the figures um, especially the musketeers that you guys recommended which uh, that's propping up their musket with um, an axe which uh, I find quote quite amusing I think I'd you know, like to get one of those in 28mm just painted up it just looks uh, uh pretty cool you know i'll rest my musket on a great big axe with a great big axe head yeah that looks pretty good that would um, be a pretty good great commander actually wouldn't it one of those yeah i'm sure there's some nice figures out there with that yeah so uh, i've got the what probably will end up being an army but i just thought i'd try them out because they they just looked a bit fun to paint you know mm -hmm. something a bit different but um so, just so how, how have you found sticking up. the um, sticking the actual wings on? Because that was the big challenge, wasn't it? Would they actually um, hang on? Or yeah, I haven't had a chance to actually have a play with that. Um, I was wanting to, but I was just trying to get a open period where I've just got time. Because it's one of those things I just want to get in and sort of be able to faff about with it without being uh, interrupted by something for a couple of hours. Yeah. So hopefully, yeah, I might get a chance tomorrow. I've actually got a day off, so uh, yeah. I'll. Fo happily ensconce myself in uh just messing around painting up um little okay. soldiers so your so your week's really just been unpacking stuff then and um and sneaking it past the the border guards to see what yes uh post. well the border guards from essex yeah you know um yeah the yes. essex border guards um yeah. so yeah it's it's just uh unpacking having a look at it sorting out a couple of other projects that I was thinking about because um, a few of you mentioned about um, the uh, MTV boats uh, for the, um, uh, what was the flotilla one we were talking yeah, about? Yeah, there's, there's been a bit of chat on the, um, the the club group about doing some stuff about that, hasn't there? I think somebody had bought, bought too I much of by accident. Yeah, yeah, cruel seas. That's it. Because uh, I was going and having a look at that. It's it's a typical case. You've got too many little projects, and I've got to actually just finish off a couple. So I made the mistake mm. of having a look at that, and that wasted an hour just going. Oh, I've got lots of little boats I can play with. Um, oh. So yeah, I'm just going to actually them, work out. Yeah. Mm, I've okay. already got them. I've got these. Yeah. It's just you know just squaring stuff away. I think when it opens up and it's a bit nicer, being able to sit in the garden, take a break from everything else, and uh, paint up there would be pretty good. But um, I think the, the problem yeah, is by the time you get to sit, things. by the time the weather improves to get to sit in the garden, um, five other people will be allowed to come and sit with you, won't they? So it won't, no. um, won't quite be no. no. I, I <laughs> they just won't. It's <laughs> just not going to be done. There'll still be a little no, COVID area around your house. You'll yes. say, no, this one doesn't work. Bugger off. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But um, yeah, it's just relaxing, um, taking a break, doing these. Um, 
have a go at them. I quite like painting up the horses and the um, these are the Essex ones. Uh, look at the horses; they're actually quite bad, quite good for Essex. Sometimes the Essex ones I find can be a bit chunky, but these could look quite nice. I found yeah, with Essex Polish stands of the horses, the Polish thin. horses. Uh, their Polish horses have got quite a lot of the right, almost unique um, sort of horse furniture and stuff on them, haven't they? Cloth. Yeah, the yeah, they, they look quite nice, quite detailed. You, you can see how um, I'm looking forward to seeing how they take the paint. I know you did one, didn't you, Tim? And uh, it sent me the picture. Yeah, they look quite yeah, nice. But how did you t put the wings on then? Any tips? Um, I, you know, it's my gorilla, gorilla glue, glue <laughs> seems to have started working again, so I can't really give you a different answer to that. I've been I've been gluing stuff on with gorilla glue all day and it's and it's all still there it stuck straight away so so yeah gorilla glue would still be my recommendation but um fantastic it's, it's a long long time ago since i did those did those cesars i think um dave's waving gorilla glue at us as well maybe we can have a show and tell with gorilla glue um but look carrying on round. what's your favorite gorilla glue <laughs> indeed adam you're you're beaverishly feverishly um head down focusing on I'm guessing Dacians, Dacians, um, or whatever, as Dave pulls a face in the corner at my double pronunciation. Um, so what? how are they nearly done? Or did you crack and start the second parallel project of the medievals? Did you find the other box of medievals that you didn't know? You yeah, had? no, I didn't. I didn't have a box of mercenaries. I just had the, t the two mounted. So it's uh, on the plus side. Um, I can, I'm going to put an order soon in employment that I can just pop and pick up. Which um, which is really handy, not having to pay prices and packaging. Which because um, when you guys talk about how there's a sale on, um, especially for things like that, sell that anything in toyment sales. It's like I've got to figure out whether it's worth getting a sale and paying the packaging because that always adds a good few quid onto it. So that's so that's quite yeah. handy. But no, just been going going with the dashins. Um, fourth batch is nearly done. I'm just doing the odds and ends and. All I've got to left to do now is second, third, and fourth batches. I've got to put the shield transfers on because I was waiting until I got my uh, microset and microsol, which I've now got. Oh, it's arrived, yeah, yeah, um, which is good. So once the fourth batch is done, I'm going to have a shield party, um, and then I've got to base up the second, third, and fourth batches. And I quite enjoy basing figures because psychologically, it's like, yes, this is nearly done. This, this is, is really, done. really good. Um, and after that, all I've got left is the uh, four horsemen to do that you sent me. Yeah. Um, I might stick them together this evening, depending on time. Um, and I was a bit worried that they would look like armoured Gallic figures, but what I'm, I'm going to put some dashing heads on with those, like, obviously yeah, dashing hats, hats. Yeah. and give them oval shields the same as all the foot have got. got. And I think they'll look convincingly um, part of the army, which is cool. And then I've just got to do the baggage, and I've got a, I've got a uh, Roman... Um, wine uh, um, for a wagon ordered, which I'm waiting to come from war bases because mm. um, I thought that would make a good baggage because um, if you can invade the Roman Empire um, you might as well go for the best things in it. Um, yeah. When I was younger that would have definitely been wine now I'm thinking, oh, underfloor heating would be better, but you can't really like throw that in the back of a wagon No, no, so, no, 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 um, no, no, yeah and, and bathing options or something like that Garum, yeah. fish paste yeah, no, I, th I think I'll stick with no. the wine. Um, so sure. I'm hoping... Um, I'm hoping that two... Sorry? White wine. The Romans drank white wine. I don't care. Valerian yeah. was the best. I'm not sure you'll um, be able to see it in 25 mil, will you? What the difference is, if it's in a barrel, unless there's a difference or something. 
It's um. So I'm hoping that um within two weeks I'll be finished. Maybe three. I'm I'll probably th I'm probably thinking three, but. Day-night test in India starts on Wednesday, um, so that starts at nine. So that might be a good few days of me just watching that and getting painting done. Right. So that might be only two. But I've I've been I've been considering um, another purchase, which is like I've got. I'm thinking I can't, I can't justify this, but I want it because when I bought the uh, microset and microsol, I think I bought it. Um, it was either Amazon or eBay or one mm. of those sites that will steal your data while they sell your stuff um and i think it was from it came from a shop on the isle of wight a model shop on the isle of wight which is fine um and they put a leaflet in for other stuff and one of the Ooh. things that they sell is a little device i'm already shakes, interested i'm already interested i don't even know what it is i'm already interested it shakes your paint pots for you what? <laughs> oh <laughs> i'm thinking I could shake them for myself, thanks. But then I think I've got some paint pots that are so old that they've never been used. So they're kind of full and they've sort of separated. So it'll take a huge amount of shaking to actually get them back. Because when you shake them and they're full, there's no real movement because there's no ball bearing it there. So it's a little little thing that you strap the container of the bottle in or the pot mm. in, press the button, and it just keeps shaking in. It can go for why, why, why don't you just yeah, tape it to the washing machine? Adam... You can buy them a lot cheaper. If you look on Amazon, eBay, anywhere, I know no varnish shakers. Okay, that That's makes exactly sense. That's exactly what they are. They've just been rebadged. Actually, Tamsin, okay. I think it depends what kind of shop he bought the other stuff from. He may actually be looking at nail varnish shakers, possibly. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I think I have heard the nail varnish thing. But So, Adam, do you, do you not have a small bag of ball bearings to drop into your paint pots anyway? No, why would I have a small bag of? It's like what I, you don't have well. that, really. <laughs> Come on, everybody, well, wave your ball bearings at Adam. It's a it's a thing that you can order from China on eBay for like pennies. They arrive months later, and um and you drop them into each paint pot. Yeah, considering why? that. Yeah, considering that. But now I'm thinking, oh, nail varnish shaker. I mean, it's just like, because it reminds me of sort of like, you know, those films where there's there's a plague that's going to wipe out the world. I don't know where them ideas come from. And they're in a scientific lab and they've got yeah. a sort of like a special thing and they pull it in the machine and press a button and, and it shakes it all up. So it seems scientific almost, you know what I mean? Yeah. This is science. Mm. Um, mm. So I, I can almost not buy it really. So Does it come um, in yeah. like a camo colour scheme rather than um, a nail varnish shaker sort of colour scheme or... I, I haven't looked that, that no. far yet. I don't know. I, I just know it's Shakespeare paint pots for me, which is, uh, yeah, it's, um, and I'm just talking myself into buying one, basically, because it's... I think it's... you're talking all of us into buying them. I, I think nobody else is actually looking at the screen now. They all look like they're looking on eBay <laughs> as we speak. There's like six other people looking at eBay now. That's remarkable. One thing um, in your microset and microsol, other than my advice from a couple of weeks ago to, to draw on the side of them, which one's which... Um, or whatever. Um, the other thing I discovered... To, oh, there we go. Oh, Tamsin's Tam's showing us a paint pot shaking machine. Um, possibly it's going to get plugged in and we could actually have the audio from it. That could become a new theme tune. We could, that maybe we could all do them in sync or something like that. There could be like a... Not a little like a buzzing tone, sound in the background. The little buzzing sound in the background orchestra or something like that. Just uh, making sure you're not driving through a harrow no, when Dave's got it on. The nail polish shaker ones actually 
better if you if you pay like if you go the amount that you'd pay for that mo- model shop one, you can get a fairly cheap vortex mixer. A vortex? A what? what is that? What? <laughs> I don't know what it does, but... What you one. see in the science labs. It sounds like, like something like a Doctor Who, doesn't it? Do you, do you fasten it to your bench with your sonic screwdriver? No, you don't, no. Need, you don't even need to, need to screw it down on the bench. Right? Stabilise. Uh, it just oscillates around. I Oscill- want to stabilise Vortex Mixer. You've got a cup, <laughs> this cup which oscillates on, on a spindle by several thousand RPM, and it will... What? Several wow. thousand RPM. Several thousand, yeah. A, uh, a self-stabilised will, will mix your paints. Fully. A self-stabilised vortex mixer is just a. I yes, that's a definite, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Just to say the words out loud. Although yeah. I want it iron powered. Yeah. yeah. And I, whatever I don't know, or maybe well, nuclear fission powered. Strictly speaking, electricity. It's iron powered. Oh, right, brilliant. There you go, then. An iron-powered, self-stabilised vortex mixer. I'd, I'd be tempted to attack, try and attach that to my car in some way, shape, or form. Coming down the M3, it'd be fantastic. you just put it into the... Just take out the engine, mate. Oh, you can get mini ones of them as well. What, a mini vortex mixer? Yeah. A mini really? vortex mixer. How much is a mini vortex? Tomorrow. How much is a mini vortex mixer? £100. Oh, oh you, you, can get, you can get them a lot cheaper than that. I would hope so, yeah, because you know me me spending one pound thirty oh, to get I, you know, I found a lab one. Oh, it's the centrifugal ones. Oh, I've seen these before. Yeah, I look. Uh, on... But I've seen the bigger ones in uh, work. <laughs> they are yeah. massive. Can oh, you yeah, just yeah. nip one from work? Yeah. The, or take your painter yeah. to work. Because I was oh, thinking. Yeah, be that, funny know, with that somehow. After after getting grief last week for paying thirty five p to replace the plastic um, lids on nearly dead paints, Peter. I'm not really sure you paying over £100 to shake paint is... No, uh, is but really, Work's got you know, them. Work's got... Well, it's got, it's got too many at the moment, hasn't it? Maybe it'll have less... Oh, yeah, it'll be, be, be a bit in use at the moment, yeah. And it is yeah. a vortex mixer, and I bet you it will be self-stabilised for that price. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You could get the whole of my Vario paints in one of theirs. <laughs> they, they do great with racks of them. Right, yeah, just... I mean, and because if you do your photocopying no. yeah, work, one. you're sealing the paper and the ink. But if you just take your paints in to use a vortex mixer, you're not really sealing anything. You're just using it during lunchtime, aren't you? You're just you're just using the vortex. Yeah, just just shift off the stuff that they've left going on there. Yeah, I'll move it out of yeah. the way. Yeah. But like you're moving someone's drying out at student halls. You know, it's it's, it's yeah. all right. It'll be fine. Could I borrow your vortex mixer just for a little bit? Yeah, honest, Gov. I'll be done in a minute. I'll be done in a minute. Okay, so so mixing the vortex then, Adam. You're um, whatever you thought you were going to buy, you're absolutely not, and we now expect um, a vortex mixer, which you will pay package and postage for, and we will all chip in if it makes it get there quicker. I well, I might see if Toyman stocks them. Yeah, excuse. <laughs> yeah, I think if you ask him, do you stock any vortex mixers, you might get punched in the face. Possibly, I might think you become one of the two. Um, uh, how did I do? You, it, it just fits a paint pot in. I just looked it's online. You can just fit one at a time. I think by the time you finish faffing about, you could just sit there and shake the bleeding, bleeding thing. Yeah. I Maybe wish to get one between take, us I and just sort of post it gold around. And I can't do a thing with it. Yeah. Ask these. 
Ask Pete, that could be it. Right. So Adam, go, going back to wherever, where, where on earth we were. So you are now thinking about buying a Vortex mixer to um, to do your paint. And the, the Dacian Not for 100 bloody are, pounds. Not for 100 bloody pounds. The Dacian stations are within touching distance of being finished, which mm-hmm. is is lovely. And um, and you're going to put some different heads on those those Gallic people, um, which is decent as well. This I guess I'll, I'll kind of chip in. So those, um, I think hopefully this week, because it does look like finally good weather's coming, I will get those hacked together Thracian, Dacian, Hoplite, Peltas guys put together and get half a dozen of them undercoated for an experiment. I've I've learned something very useful for Microset, Microsol. Um, Microset is really, really, really pungent. It's got a real kind of acetone, you know, smell, particularly... Um, it comes in a very unhelpfully tall and narrow bottle, um, which is which is perfectly perfectly designed to fall over. So my recommendation for you is, first of all, write on the side of it whether it's the one that goes on first or second, because you will never forget, never remember. And secondly, glue the damn bottle to a base so it's harder to fall over, because it's st- you know, if you do accidentally happen to smell any spill any. You get the really pungent smell in your room for about three days, which is. Um, How did you learn this, Tim? Well, I'm I'm about two days into this experiment so far, and um, and if I start kind of my eyes rolling back in my head um, a bit later on on the Zoom call, you'll know that um, I've not got enough ventilation in this room, but um, and that's from only spilling about a third of it, which which is probably you know eight to fifteen years supply about the amount you actually put on um on doing it so so yeah i've been doing a bit of microsol and microset with the the hoplite self-made transfers for the hoplites from all the pinterest stuff that that got printed out and and i was pleased because i only when i printed these out i left them to dry for a long time and then i only gave them one coat of matte varnish and a lot of the online things say give them two or three coats of matte varnish before you cut the transfers out and put them in water which I guess sort of makes sense, but but one um, I did a few tests because my previous lot that I'd done three coats of varnish st- still struggled to kind of fold over the shields, but but with one coat they've still got a bit of flexibility left, so they they flatten up really nicely, and and sadly they were definitely nice enough that um, I am now going to redo all of my uh, or, or enough hot lights to do a sort of eighteen. 18 base thing from my very badly painted when i was about 22 um set of hoplite shields which were just a bit crap really so i've been been doing those um i finished three dozen swiss pikemen um two lots simon i think that was our dodgy handoff one of our dodgy handoff deals the the two units of qrf and the one unit of um much harder to drill donnington ones that that drilling the space, drilling their hands through for the um, for where the pikes go on those Donington ones is pretty tricky, particularly on some of the sculpts where the hands are really close to the body. But but those ones that have got holes drilled through the whole men are sort of somewhere in the back of the keel now. Um, I think the Donington ones are a little bit bigger, but not too much. And then um, I still really do like the QRF ones, cheap as they are with their, their 45 degree pikes. And I did all of those in um, a 
sort of red and white only Swiss style just to make them a bit simpler and kind of black line those. I've got a couple of bases of um, the Lee Johoroka Sassanid Cavalry which are nearly done. They just need a bit of um, dry dry brushing on the bases and some, some other stuff being done to them as well. Um, and then I did a big bio strip job on all those Merliton um, figures which Simon you're right there's the when, once they've been bio stripped they look like they've been kind of black ink washed for a proper photography so there's still some little bits in it but um and I'm still toying I think I'm going to spray them white um rather than black as undercoat because I just want them to be a bit brighter than than they were first time I did them and and the the paint came off them so well I've actually decided to go and bio strip the whole set the um the other ones that I had as well so there's a few more who are sat kind of in a water bath waiting for their bases to dissolve so I can kind of peel them off the bases a bit much and then I'm, I'm also on to my, even my second tin now of Big Smoke Brew Company um we've not talked about booze for a while have we so so I'm back on um a local-ish brewer called Big Smoke to to support the local economy now that we're we're in touching distance of going back to pubs so this one's a um a citra single hop ipa um pale which is very nice that's it but yeah it's been um been distraction pieces so i've i've got lots and lots of not particularly well painted hop lights that i've painted all of the shields white now i've taken off all the crappy spears that i had before the, the sort of essex spaghetti and i've taken a load of um Brussels, bristles off the broom and and clipped all those down and I'm I'm gluing them systematically with Gorilla Glue onto slightly rebent arms Essex Spearman because the Essex ones have kind of got this sort of thrusting over the shield um, thing which just looks a bit odd if there's a lot of them so I bent all the arms to do them all all pretty vertical to do those um, I've made a bit of a start on a unit of 10 mil French Guardsmen that um done some hats and a bit of things they should be done quite quickly really and i'm i'm really just putting off doing the german camo on my 10 mil tanks because i know it's just one thing that i'm going to have to be all in on and and just finish it off i've done the green stripes on most of them but i've got to do the brown and and some of the green and then the wheels and things like that and i it's kind of a i don't know it feels like i've got more interesting stuff to do than, I, than I quite enjoyed doing the German. <laughs> where I did some German tanks for Flames of War, and I quite enjoyed it. I had a whole bunch of um, Panzer Fours and um, and Panthers and such like. And once you get into the flow of it, I I I, I must admit I had to do them as a batch because otherwise you can um, get off track and everything else, and then coming back. Yeah. To it. But um, it was like. Um, the family went away for a week and I just had it as a production line. I, I, I just got it as a you know bunch of kits, made them up, and it's just you know kept me busy for the week. No, I, I, I must admit, I'm um, I, you know, I do want to do it and I know that I'll enjoy doing it, but I'm kind of getting put off by distraction things. Um, it's almost like I think Adam, you were saying about the basing is kind of a win. Um, in fact, actually, I rebased as well some um medieval dismounted knights early medieval knights but but doing these hoplites seems like a really easy win and because yeah. i've um <coughs> sorry because i've tried the shield transfers and it's a new experiment i feel like i'm achieving an awful lot for for not much effort with a new completely new technique it's, 
of, of downloading and printing it's, stuff. It's weird you guys, you know, saying you, you know, you like basing because it's finishing off. I find basing annoying. Um, I just, it, it, I always manage to get my hands stuck with all the flock and everything else. And I'm just like going, I've painted this stuff. It's all looking good. And then I'm trying not to get the flock over everything and get the paint, you know, get the um, glue over everything else. And it's just like, I just find it irritating. I find it absolutely irritating. It's I think the secret, the secret I found. Something. Oh, sorry, Dave. Years to um, learn how to base, and when you actually get a style and a system which works, and you're pleased with, it's a, such a, it's such a great relief when you sort of see what crap you've seen in the past, and you actually get to somewhere you actually think, goodbye, Jove, I've got it. That it's, it actually becomes a really pleasant thing to do. I think. Yeah, it, it's it's the amount of work you're doing for the improvement in the figures that it delivers yeah. it's really kind of got a lot of bang for buck on that one which i suppose yeah. is the same thing why i'm i'm enjoying upgrading these hoplites so much because it's sort of some troops that i've had for 20 plus years that i've always gone they're not really good enough and then to suddenly find a way of, of fixing them and pinging them up um same with rebasing my normans and rebasing my vikings it's like those are really good figures, but the basing is not doing them justice. So I can rebase them, reformat them, tidy them up a bit and get a, feel like I've got a whole new army without actually having to paint one. Talking of ropey old figures, have you still got those hoplites that had quartered blue and white and red and white shields? Oh, those, um, no, the, they were, um, they weren't hoplites. They, well, they were sort of hoplites. They were the Carthaginian ones. Okay. which was just really old ropey but no i i bought lbms transfers for those a few years ago and painted them all out so they've got like proper red and white lbms stuff on them sadly um but but yeah you know how many of those have i got 12 bases which is way way too many um or 16 or something like that so yeah but it's it's just that chance to improve people quite a lot and and do it and then i probably as andy said i do need to once i've got all the undercoating done I might have another horse blitz, you know, with that, that horse painting technique that I did, because I've really found doing horses in big batches was was a good way to do it. So I've got I've got some Ottoman horse, I've got some Thracian horse, I've got some other different types of horse, I've got some 10 mil horse, um, in all some stuff that will all get sprayed white in the next couple of weeks. So so I might um just say, look, I'm gonna force myself to do the horses first across all of this range of figures different scales different eras things like that and just have a, a horse blitz and um, and crack on with that this means war this means war but you know again um we'll soon be able to meet and do handovers in the park and and my my park handover buddy, Mr. Lee Ray Mayer, um, up in the top left-hand corner. Um, so, what's been your what's been your week then? You, you'll need to sit down. It's take this. I've painted a lot of figures this weekend. Two bases of medium cavalry. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it, my lord? What's happened? I was one of those weeks at work where you know you finish work about three in the morning every day and you think mm, I really don't need or don't have brain space to paint. So um, all I could paint on the weekend with a couple of bases of medium cavalry. Uh, and that's it. Big achievement, six figures. 
Which which <laughs> army were they for? Um, this is for the Ottoman Turks. So this is finishing the. I've now done all the medium cavalry, so all I've got left is a bit of the chaff um, levy foot, and that's the army done. Wow, the full set. Okay. So Simon, having learned from your pronunciation of Turk the Turkish language last week, are they your syphilis cavalry? No, these are the gonorrhea cavalry. Uh, oh, sounds painful. I was watching, there's a thing on Netflix on um, the rise of the Ottomans. And I just watched the, the last one today where they uh, went and took um, uh, Constantinople. Mm. And we're all steaming in. It's not a bad little thing. Okay. What's, it called? What's, it, what's it called? Yeah. Uh, rise of the Ottomans. Oh. Mm. <laughs> uh, so it's sure a real technical name, of... you know. Please, name. Um, do you reckon it would be suitable for, would it hold the attention of children or is it more of a boring grown-up thing um it, it's got sort of like part live action then partly um a couple of geese standing around talking around it i wrote a book on this whoa it's all this um but it's not too bad it, they, they go back and forth there's a couple of things like that uh on netflix if you look at it some of them are better than others um but um that was all right you know learned a couple of new things Okay, I, I, I don't leave the door open. Yeah. Rise of Empire, Ottoman. There you go. It's got 15 <laughs> rating. It's got 15 I'm... ratings or um, a 15 rating? Age. All oh, right, age. Okay. Uh, rude words or boobies? Hmm? For the 15, is that rude words or boobies? Why has it got a 15 rating? Uh, I don't know. People getting chopped up and killed, I expect. Because the Hungarian artillery, you know, artillery, the bastard Hungarian artillery blowing holes, blowing people's heads off. Yeah, blows people. Yeah, you know that that kind of thing usually puts it into a fifteen rating. I know we're war gamers and we go, yeah, don't worry about it. But you know, seeing it in a live action with people running around, that that usually gets things a fifteen rating, funnily enough. Mm. Yeah, that gets them pushed away. (laughs) Okay. So, so very little has kind of gone on painting-wise for you. So, does that mean there's sort of some latent painting demand that's been building up in the background, or, um, or, or are you suddenly going to be becalmed once these Ottomans get finished? No, I'm sure I can find some other figures to paint. Um, I've got the Alexander the Great Army that I bought from Museum Miniatures. It's the next one. So, uh, once I finish the Ottoman Turks, I'll then do this Greek army with the hoplites and the um, lots, lots more pikemen because you know I do love pike. Yeah. Uh, so that'll, that'll keep me busy till probably what mid March. Then it might be a um, that, that, what fifteen next? mil, Simon. Fifteen mil, yeah. Because you've got already got the twenty-eight mil, like Alexander, haven't you? No, I've got um, twenty-eight mil Chinese and yes to all medievals. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you know, once you start with medievals, you just start adding more, and all of a sudden you can do. All of Western Europe. <laughs> well, you know once Alexander gets to India, he gets to use elephants. Mm. Well, I've gone from the other side. So I've got Yuan Chinese and Chinese armies with chariots and all that. We went westwards and found elephants that way and southwards. So, yeah. There's always a few I quite elephants. enjoyed painting up an Alexander army. I quite enjoyed it. Um, put, it put it all together and everything else. It's just uh, stabbing myself and all the uh, pikes and that was a pain. But Apart from that, it was quite enjoyable to paint. Uh, broom bristles, that is the secret. Or um, or possibly you could just glue your hair together and um, and, and do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Start it's it up a, and, uh, quite a good one for competitions as well, the Alexander Army. 
um, because you can morph it into a few things. So um, you can have a couple of two or three variations. I know Dave played it a few times and had a good effect with it, but um, I've seen um, a number of different variations, people trying to do the uh, big, strong cavalry wing or the mixture of different pikes, or then there's the uh, medium foot that's pretty good for going through the um, the terrain in that, isn't there? And then you get a good screen of, um, of supporting um, Scythoi as well um, that you can um, stick in front of the army to, to protect them. Sorry, Dave. Isn't there like a couple of elite ones? Dave's that's looking evil at there, isn't he? Which Simon will love his Indian ally. Yeah. Yeah, got to have his elephants. Well. That's true. Good. Well, look, that that looks like the um, the pounce, the pound, the pouncing, the painting roundup um, done for this week. This means war. This means war. So look, that's the painting roundup, and seamlessly, that means that we're probably moving into um, one of our increasingly popular as in um i've not had any request to stop doing it after two weeks um features from from all of our many listeners and um it's now time for the return of i'm sorry i think you're an ass coming up next on madaxman radio it's i'm sorry i think you're an ass the antidote to inform discussion shows at the piano this week is scott joplin and your chairman is Sir Humphrey Humphreyson. Hello and welcome everybody to this week's edition of I'm Sorry, I Think You're an Arse. You join us this week from the Magic Lantern Assembly Hall, just outside the village of Ugly in Essex, famed for its world-renowned Women's Institute. Located in the east of England, visitors can climb to the top of a nearby church spire, where they'll be greeted with a view encompassing seven different counties. On a clear day, it's sometimes even possible to catch sight of Norwich off in the distance, despite the many prominent warning signs advising against this. We're here, um, as we say in in this wonderful venue, for the latest episode of I'm Sorry I Think You're Nasty. I'm going to hand straight over to Mr Saunders in his um, northwest London bunker there, who who has already become a little bit irate on a couple of occasions in the Zoom window through throughout the discussion in the painting bit and dave what what's been bugging you what do you want to change in the world of wargaming um what what is it what's getting to you what what what's your position well it's it's pronunciation of um historical names um this is something pronunciation yeah exactly pronunciation what did i just say pronunciation of things in in ancient history so that, I mean, the, the thing which started me off is, is I studied Byzantine history at UCL many, many years ago. And I've noticed in all the things that I watch on telly, it's suddenly become Byzantine. And I'm sitting there going, Byzantine? No, Byzantine. In fact, I found this on YouTube. This is a video about how to pronounce Byzantine. Yeah, it's a video on YouTube of how to... Oh, here you go. Byzantium. It's Byzantium. And then it's like this one of Byzantine. You're watching YouTube videos about one word. Byzantine. 
Byzantine. Uh, Dave, Dave just needs to get out more. Further research. I did some further research, and that's the American pronunciation of Byzantine is Byzantine or Byzantium or whatever they want to call it. But I then, thought Byzantine uh, was an Ottoman version of Ovaltine. Yeah, it's, it, it, that led me on to some We are Byzantines. <laughs> yeah, Byzantines. Yeah, exactly. And, but what did they call themselves, Dave? Romans. Uh, Romans. Romani. Romans. Romans, exactly. Romans. So yeah. they didn't even call themselves uh, busies. Well, they didn't actually. They actually called themselves Romanioi because they were Greek. And they were so, Greek. So even Byzantine, you've got to say it with a Greek accent. Yeah, but then actually, they it's actually spelt with a V for victory as well, which is even weirder. It gets even more complicated. But that's... So it's actually Byzantine. Moving on from... Byzantine or Byzantine, as I prefer to call it, there's, that led me to think about what, you know, when I sit down in the past at war games competitions and my opponent says, um, yeah, I'm just uh, deploying my hoplites. I'm sitting there murdering with my best hoplites. And this goes on for two and a half hours. Yeah, the hoplites are moving forward. And I go, yeah, hoplites. The hoplites are doing this. And I thought, well, actually, what is that going Because, like, there's also velites, people going velites. I'm going, what the fuck is a fucking velite? It's, well, it's those little guys with the wolf skins and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, they're velites. They're velites. Oh, come on. But then I'll go, oh, Wingardium Leviosa. No, no, that creates problems, you see, because if they're velites, why is a hoplites a hoplite? Well, what's the light ones that go with the Alexander army again? The silly ones? What, what, which ones are in that then? What, what's the light infantry that goes for the Alexander army? The Cretans. Uh, Agrianians. <laughs> or Agrianians. And uh, what was it? Siloys. No, well, that, that's my other. I was, I've, got, I've actually got me a little list. Because yeah. <laughs> like, I go Siloy. But I learned Siloy as a teenager playing war games. I'd never heard of it. And then there's people who go, well, that's Siloy. Okay. Ah, I, I, I was actually thinking I don't like Siloy against Siloy, but actually Siloy is correct because it's psychiatry and it's probably Greek pronunciation. There probably should be Siloy. No, but can't Velites can't be right. It must be Velites. Not, they're not. They're not. They're not Velites. Well, it should be Velites. Yeah. Well, that's, Velites. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's That's where the phrase comes from. Give them some Velie. Yeah. 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 But then but isn't we, this a case that the Romans would just had r rubbish pronunciation that sounded a bit embarrassing and it's oh, taken 2,000 years for us to correct point. it? Only a very small small um, minority of Romans, even in the city of Rome, would actually have spoken pure Latin. Yeah, um, they were all German, weren't they? German and Spanish, the Legion. Uh, only your upper class, um, your upper classes um, would have... Proficients? So basically you're just arguing that have all butchered the word then, Dave. Well, exactly. But then this is this is actually gone on further because it's actually become a bit of a bugbear. Adam sent Dacians after the bloody car from Romania or wherever it's from, and they're Dacians. Because every time he goes Dacian, I sit here murmuring under my breath, Dacian, Dacian. Do you really? Dacian. <laughs> Dacian. Dacian. And then it's got worse. Dacian. I was watching some woman on TV the other night who was talking about um, Crete, and there was some American guy on there. Right, I've got to think about this. So they're Minoans to me from Crete. 
and he was going my knowing okay well that's kind of correct because it's minus thing minus so there might be my knowing but they've always been me knowing then that's not actually what they call themselves and that's completely made up in the first place what I don't think they can call themselves anything. They're all dead, aren't they? The Minoans never existed. And I'm sitting here in my little brain, my little bunker, avoiding COVID, thinking, is this Minoan or Minoan? And they weren't even Minoan in the first place. They're Mycenaeans, weren't they? Or Mycenaeans? No, 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 that's much later. Well, they weren't according to Mycenaean anyway. They're just that Mycenae. Mycenae. They weren't Ladies and gentlemen, we have a clear example of the social, the mental impact of 12 months of lockdown and isolation have on Wargamer. Exhibit A. Popolites <laughs> is the one which really annoys me. That's the one where I sit across my phone and go, Popolites. He goes, What should it be then, Dave? Hopolite. The Hopolites are moving forward. Popolites. Hopolites. 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 But you know, surely, surely like in a lot of these competitions, got, maybe his his figures are actually anthropomorphic rabbits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure that someone makes those definitely. But but aren't you just you know just grateful that they're not morphing crappy Carthaginian spearmen or FX ancient Britons, and you're just happy that they look like hoplites or hoplites anyway, and and this isn't such a big deal because you know because all these are very very dead languages, aren't they really? And um, surely nobody really cares what we say. And and the only way we're ever going to really find out the proper way of doing it is if anyone can phone up Phil Barker and um, and ask him what he was thinking when he actually decided that um, Siloy was actually a troop class and not just a random Greek word that he's plucked out of nowhere um, and, and labelled that now the whole world of wargaming uses for light infantry. It also assumes that all the people in one empire spoke with the same accent and that's probably not true. Uh, this is a discussion about how people themselves pronounce these words. This is a discussion about the correct way to pronounce the words in English. Uh, you missed my point. The Roman upper classes, the patrician classes, were the only ones who actually spoke Latin. And they spoke it in a very, very pure, well, this is what we estimate, what we consider, because we don't actually know. But they, they were the ones who said, in pictura est puala. Because it actually, it's like it's like received pronunciation in the British Empire. Talking with a perfect accent was seen to be superior and perfect, you see. Are you saying that that form of um, speaking Latin in a really, really clear English received pronunciation accent is incorrect then? No, it's certainly Because certainly when I, um, when I learned it at school, it was, um, there was some sort of tape thing and it was like, Caecilius est in horto. And it was very, very English-received pronunciation home counties. That was kind of an inevitable part of it. Yeah, well, it's only, it's only, Latin only evolves in the medieval period where you get the C's becoming shorter and it, and it becomes more like Italian. So you get the Chinese, you know, so, 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 I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Who the hell knows? I mean, I'm just confused by this, but I just can't stand hoplites. Does this really, you know, for a whole weekend away, you know, we all... We all pile in my car, we drive up to Burton-on-Trent or God knows where, we have a curry, we play like three games of soldiers, five games of soldiers against random other people, we have a couple of beers, there's probably a scotch egg involved. Um, is your weekend actually ruined by the words um, hopolites or um, from some kind of you know northern wargamer across the table? Um, or do you not think that they're sat there going, 
gore blimey these london geezers um with their way of mispronouncing our local pints and stuff like that um they come up here with, with that latin pronunciation yeah exactly maybe there's a northern northern dialect of how to pronounce latin yeah. as well uh, that could be the I'm, answer i'm actually going to, going to jump in and make a point here the h is actually silent no, that's the South London way, isn't it? Oplight. All right, geezer. I'm not going south of the river in a chariot this time of night. See, that goes back to 1066. And what? Coming over here to run our country. There weren't Oplights in 1066, no, that, that's, mate. That's why the upper classes in this country all go hotel. Because they all consider themselves to be uh, descendants of the French invaders in 1066. So the silent H, and that's why the letter H is spelled, the word for the letter H is spelled A I T C A. So that's like a, a French class war thing from 1066. It so, relates back to how Hoplites is mispronounced. Allegedly, people who say, um, oh, so, who give it the, the full uh, what's, the, what's the word? Um, Phonetic? Um, no, no well, I don't know what's the word with an H here. Uh, pronunciation? What? <laughs> Helicopter? Hier hieroglyphics? No, no, this is Harold? Sound. Ha. Ha. Yeah, what people used to say hospital. Os os Hospit yeah, hospitals. Hospitals. No, did William the Conqueror then say, Harold, I'm going to have you? <laughs> the pronunciation is supposed to be a Catholic revolt thing against English upper class um, French pronunciations with the H. So H. When you say H, it's a H. That's supposed to be a Catholic response to the English 1066 Norman saying H without, and they drop the so so basically dave you're you started with a position of saying i'm a little bit irritated by people saying hopper lights and you've ended up expanding this into a theory of class warfare that um, extends over the last thousand and forty six years or something like that it goes back to the battle of okariv or what it is okariv or Hastings, Hastings, and arold and his uscarls Probably. Harold at the Battle of Hastings, yeah. And his ass and his camels, quite probably. Yeah, you can just imagine Duke William saying, how'd you like them arrows? How'd you like them arrows, Harry? <laughs> Harry? Harry, oh, hurry up, Harry. Harry. Come on. All right. We're going down well, the Ar pub. I think we're going down the pub, but hopefully soon. Um, all right. Well, Harry and the ass then, I think it's time to um, to go around the window and say, you know, Dave's theory that, that mispronunciation of... Um, of words which no one quite knows how to pronounce is absolutely ruining wargaming experiences for him um so let's run round it so the question is dave do you agree with dave or dave do you think he's an ass so tamsin i'm really not sure on this one i've uh, we'll come back to you we'll come yeah. back to you peter peter asked it's just he's argued himself in a circle three asked. times asked. about and, everyone and everyone Ask, right. that, Adam, Adam. Well, I've, I know you just want an answer, but I've got to say a couple of things because I haven't said them yet. First thing, Dave, there's been some research done and apparently the word Byzantine, the um, A in the middle and the E is a split digraph. 
So it should actually be pronounced Byzantine. Okay, so there, there's some learning for you. Next thing, I would say ask, but I just remember something that I heard on Joe Rogan's podcast. He was talking to someone about Neanderthals. And this bloke said, and when we're kids, we all call him um, Neanderthals. And then you learn that it should be called Neanderthal. But I don't like saying that because it makes me sound pretentious. And I just thought, mate, if you learn how to do something properly, don't be scared about the fact that you've learned how to say something properly. So um, that's putting me more towards not us. But now I'm thinking that anything to do with ancient history should always be pronounced in a South London accent, to be perfectly honest. Um, so I'm going to go with us. Ancient oh. history. Ancient, ancient history. Ancient. Mr. Lee Ray Mayer, what have we got? Ass. <laughs> Tamsin, we're, we're coming back to you. Arse. We're getting close to us, right? So, um, Dave, I think the big consensus here with myself as well is Dave, I think you're an ass. Well, as the 88 round of Destiny hits the Sherman tank of time, that means time's up for us on this week's episode of I'm Sorry, I Think You're an Ass. We'll be back next week. <laughs> fading off into the background then um it's probably time now for a, a quick jaunt round to see who's been playing what and i think mr finkel in the middle of the screen yet again you are the you're the fulcrum through which all almost all games have been played in um in the last week or so amongst this eclectic bunch of war gamers so so you were were you actually going to try out the magical page 58 rule against your your erstwhile opponent mr ray this week did that did that battle happen um, the battle happened, but the page 58 situation actually didn't because it turned out that the only spearmen of mine which ended facing um, knights of his were unarmoured, so the question never actually arose. Okay. So how, I did, had some so how did the spearmen, battle go? Uh, well, Harold was still alive at the end and his army hadn't run away, so I reckon that's a victory. Well, so it was timed out then or something like that? You were, yeah, it was. You were... we'd, we'd paid about three hours and... I'd taken more damage than him, but he hadn't broken through. The terrain went well in my favour, and uh, he was his his centre infantry was running away from my infantry, and I couldn't catch them. And he'd a narrow front on which to charge round my flank, but I was blocking it off with other troops, so we decided to call it a draw. But it's the okay. first time I've played the Battle of Hastings and not lost, so I'm happy with that. When playing for either side, possibly. Which is there always one side that you prefer to play with? No, I played it once at Historicon years ago as the Normans. And I played it once in the club as the... No, I played it against my friend Mark as the Anglo-Saxons. And both times we lost. So, uh, as I say, I'm happy to have a result with Harold still alive. No, that's a very good result then. And did you manage to fit in any other games this week? Um, I had a game against Dave Saunders, and he'll tell you about that one. Because uh, um, I was second and he was second to last. Okay, so Dave, how how did that go from your side of things? I think Andy was a bit tired, and I completely outmaneuvered him, worked his flanks, and destroyed his army with comparative ease. Kind of sums it up, really. <laughs> right, what what armies were you actually using? Well, he, Andy was using his Hebrew army, which was very good with the armor chats, and I responded with uh, sciatic 
Egyptian. So basically I was lining up with mediocre spearmen against medium swordsmen and just pinned them with a load of bowmen and then ran them in the flank with the swordsmen. And um, his impetuous elite heavy infantry, I outmaneuvered with my Greek armoured hotbots. That must have been quite yeah, a sight. Hot there? Hot Dave, yeah. if your army had been sciatic, it wouldn't have been able to move. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Hoplites, that is. Hoplites. The satic, yeah. satic, not sciatic. Quite possibly. Sciatic, sciatic. You say sciatic, I say sciatic. Sciatic, South London sciatic. All right. Okay. But from my point of view, I think I um, I briefly fired up um, the PlayStation 3 this week to have a, a, a put into the disc for... Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, which I don't think I've put in for about old school, but um, I don't think I've put in for about um, two years. I've, I own a PS3 because I don't play very often and I've been working through um, COD and um, my God, it's hard when you have a two year break from it. It really, really is. You, you do die an awful lot with different, um, lots of Russians coming in and blowing bits out of you. So, so I did that for a brief mercifully brief period of time and then um then fired up this ongoing campaign that i've got with um with medieval total war as well which is really old school where i must admit i just enjoyed the sieges almost more than the land battles because the land battles the troops just sort of run away um and you're chasing them for ages but but the sieges the towns are really really nice and um and quite often the defenders are a bit hopeless as well so as long as you can get in there so i think i actually managed to fire that up and take a couple more towns in my my campaign to to dominate the world with um with the venetians but it just is that thing of a long old game when there's the thing and says you know you've played 30 turns and there are another 123 turns to go before the to achieve your objective of of capturing this amount of territory you think that's quite a lot isn't it really it's um it's quite a commitment in life life turns for for staring at a screen when um we all spend quite a lot of the day staring at a screen for all sorts of different reasons as well but um so yeah i've been been doing a bit of that but not neither against kind of proper opponents i keep i keep sort of trying to arrange games on um discord for arts of Laguerre and then forgetting to look at discord again because there's only so many social media different um platforms that i can physically have open at any one time and and i'm kind of reluctant to to set them all up to have um to have notifications as well so i probably missed some stuff but but maybe i should have another look at that and um and see if i can fit some more stuff in but but i think that has has probably been um the week in gaming this means war So look, with gaming receding into the distance in a in a fairly light gaming week, um, we're into you know the heavyweight intellectual part of the um, of the podcast. It's time for Andy's quiz. Andy, that's the music that's faded into the background. 
hit us with with whatever the answers were to was that was it an arse themed quiz last week or am i yes, remembering yes. the week before the yes, last quiz, quiz right so the quiz right the first question was in which war was french commander baron Dieskau captured after being shot in the nether regions the north american was part it? of the seven years war correct admiral disco disco was it baron disco baron disco is that did he write the theme tune to your quiz is that why you picked it i doubt it I just, no, baron I, disco maybe okay. he would have found driving a bit difficult after being shot in the nether regions i suppose I so actually, it, yes. I pronounced him his name well, he died of his wounds didn't he no he was captured and i think he was um he was captured, and i think that i he, he he'd been shot several times a few times he was recovering yeah. got shot um, again while he was recovering and captured and died died in captivity from his wounds I don't think so. What I remember reading, he was handed back at the end of the war and kind of exonerated. The governor of Canada wanted to blame him for a massive defeat, and uh, there was some political stuff afterwards. No, I don't think I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah. Right. Wow. Okay. Question two. In the movie Battle of Britain, as he sees a massive force of Luftwaffe planes flying overhead, which German commander said, if we lose now, we deserve to have our arses kicked out? Gehring. Right, Goering. Okay, Goering. Right, and number three. In what movie does an American soldier say the only place to hit a tiger tank is in the ass? Fury. Definitely got to be Fury. We'll go for that one. Heroes. It's Kelly's heroes. Kelly's heroes. Shoots quite paint gun. Yeah. Hit him. Hit him with a paint shell. They flatter the the tiger tank in red paint. Right, that's good. So, um, so hit us with this week's questions, Andy. Right, well, um, I got the idea of this week's questions from last week's reference to the Bayer Tapestry, but I've left out reference to winkles or camels. Okay. So, All right. so the theme this week is cross-channel. So number one, who, commanding an army for the first time at the age of 70, beat the invading French army in a battle at Lincoln? Lincoln? Okay. All right. Intriguing one. Um, Question two. My local history. Yeah. What unique honour was conferred on British double, spy, double agent Eddie Chapman after he returned to his German spy master in France after a mission to England. I know that one. Mystery, okay. okay. Um, Number three, indeed. we shall fight them on the beaches, said Winston Churchill in 1940. England has been invaded by armies on several occasions. How many times did the invaders have to fight their way ashore? One, two or three? Oh, that's an interesting one, is that? I guess, I guess, yeah, that's almost a, a not a Brixham question as well, which is lovely. Um, all right. Well, look, that's that's Andy's quiz. So look, with Andy's quiz music fading into the Admiral Disco's um, 
disco background we're now going to quickly whiz round and see what's coming up next week and is there anything else that's been bugging you um over the course of the wargaming week so so dave starting with you in that top left corner um if you're not sulking through being unanimously described as an ass by the other six of us here really um no change really is it uh, probably not a, a different what what have you got coming up do you think there um is there anything going to be need to be ordered or added or is it still um painting the other guys for the foreseeable i'm i'm increasingly worried about the lack of um undercoating sprays from uh, our uh, erstwhile european cooperative friends <laughs> Yes. We see, I mean, I don't care about Northern Ireland being cut off from soil and uh, cut flowers. I'm more worried about army painter from Italy. I, I, I put an order in in January and it's still not going to show up. Have you not um, not tried Holford's? I have tried. I've done Holford's before. And, and, I, and yes, you're right. Holford's white spray is very, very good. But they don't do a matte black spray. They do. Not a matte black. Definitely. Um, yes, they do. I've, I've, I've got, I've they got do, Matt Black spray not, from Holford's. It's not yeah. labelled as a primer. Yeah. Uh, okay, because there's a Halfords down the road from me. But okay, so I mean, I, I mean, I've already planning on Halfords because I am actually running out of white. I'm just, you know. But um, the, the worst thing is is Matt's anti shine. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, although I'm told that uh, Wilkinson do uh, Windsor and Newton. Yeah, Windsor and Newton's uh, one is quite nice. I've used it before. Uh, but I mean, I've got an order in. It's just, it just seems to. Be, I mean, every time I look at it, on, you can also get the painter on one. Not, not, uh, not for six. The, the mat, by the mat. Yeah, the uh, matte varnish. Yeah. That's yeah, it's a lot of extra work, isn't it? I don't know. I think this is something much, to do. Much better. The spray oh, is much, much better. To do with the suppliers. I mean, I use Element Games in Manchester. They're very good. I like them a lot. They're really yep. nice people. Excellent. They give a little discounting preference thing. Um, but every time I go on their website and look at my account, it says, oh, expected in two days' time, and it gets deferred again and again. And I, I just think we're waiting for a container load of army painter sprays. From, and I, I actually went and looked at one of the tins of um, sprays and found they were made in Italy. Ah, that could be the secret. Maybe they're stuck in the Italian postal system. But I think Element Games have um, have allowed me to cancel stuff when it's been a long time before. So yeah. you know, if you do do a Halfords run, you might be able to um, substitute it and not suddenly end up you know with an enormous stock or a stockpile um, a spray paint mountain. Well, I, I don't suspect Wilkinsons in Harrow and the Hill are going to have Windsor and Newton. Um... Yeah, but that's sort of an art shop thing though isn't it the windsor and newton stuff? yeah there's a couple Any of good shop art shops like yeah there's several art shops um in east london there's a whole row of them that have the windsor and newton yeah, back in the day when we could go out and about um they let you order sprays through the post yeah, yeah i suppose so how, lo how long have we got now till non-essential retail is that is that mid end of march april isn't it like mid-april Mid-April. Mid-April. All right. The 12th or 17th of April, non-essential shops like hairdressers can start to reopen. All right, yes. Yeah, we all that. Remember to share ourselves in that period. I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I was surprised that wargaming stores weren't listed on the, the roadmap for return to normality. It's like, you know, pubs open on the 12th, wargaming stores open on the 13th, and then life is all good from there. 
Isn't I, it I click and collect, though? No, 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 I'm afraid not. No, that's going to be it. It's going to have to be a, a celebration, but I'd get booked in quickly if I was you. Definitely, there will be a I lot of demand. My hair clippings can be clipped at four millimeter and two millimeter and reused as block. I must admit, Dave, looking at you know, most of us here, we could probably do with that like static grass thing to make um, our hair actually stand up and look a bit I thicker, see. really. That could be the that could be the next choice. You might okay. get clogged with gorilla glue though. Yes, that could be the challenge. So Andy, what what about you? What's your um what's your process this week? Is are you gonna look at that list on the wall and see what else is coming up or do you think you're gonna get I might close do just to, to sort of think ahead, yeah. But um while I've what while I've got your attention, can I give a couple of shout outs for people who I think have done good stuff? I heard back from Wargame Association of Reading the day after I contacted them last week, confirming that they had cancelled the duplicate order and confirmed my place from last year for this year. So well done to them for doing it so quickly. That's I think a bit of praise. Yep. You normally complain about people when they're doing wrong. I think you should you know, give a crap shout out to people when they do things right. The other thing, just a piece of news, um, is that I had an email from Ian Marsh of Fighting 15s, who's now selling army packs I of metals yeah. for roughly yeah. the same price as Plastic Soldier Company are doing for plastics. Um, so at the moment, he's just going to be doing, they're going to be the gladiator figures. He's going to be doing initially uh, Huns and late Romans. And he'll also be doing unit packs of about 32 figures. And I've suggested to him one or two little tweaks for what actually goes in the packs. And he's thinking of selling them on the day when he goes to shows. I, I saw that because it was, you know, that whole discussion that we had. I think he, I saw somewhere he posted that he'd actually listened to our podcast. So maybe he's going to yeah. listen to this one as well. We should give him a name check. But um, but it was it was that thing about saying if you package stuff together in, in bulk or in volume, you can then, as a manufacturer, justify bringing the overall price down. And I think with the PSC stuff going up in price recently by about 20, 30%, um, his new stuff is actually the same or cheaper than the plastics. Um, well, as it is working at about 32p a figure for the metals. Yeah, which is which is cheaper than the plastics now are mm. um, with with the new pricing that they've got. So that'd be interesting if these kind of ADLG army size sort of packs actually becomes a thing and people can can kind of bang them out. And those gladiator figures are actually they're something that we all overlook but they're um some they're some quite nice. my, my normans are gladiator because i got them from mike lewis before he sold the range off to ian okay and i'm very happy with them my egyptian yeah. from earlier this year were all from gladiator for me isn't it? They're really oh, I, I think their biblicals are fantastic really yeah, really really good possibly the best range other than s you know essex you make compared to them but i think that the biblicals are really really good and um Another shout out to someone who listens to this, Martin from Vexilia. He's actually doing painting for Ian at Fighting 15s. If you go on Martin and Vexilia's blog, where we're funding mentioned. Yes, we've got a mention. We got a review this week. Don't know who saw that. It was um quite remarkable. Yeah. Well, that's quite quite kind actually. <laughs> well, it could have been less kind quite easily, but unfair. 
Yeah, only, only, I'd only pick him up at one point, which is he was under the mistaken impression that it had to be heavy knights to, to qualify as a full badger. Nah, medium knights are better. Yeah, yeah but, he, more, but he actually you get said more bang for your buck. I quite agree, but he actually said heavy knights, so I mean, we can, we can forgive him that, but just sort of point of accuracy. Yeah. Well, if you do go heavy, they've got to be full on heavy. All in, elite, I, I think charge. I'm totally confused by the badger. I think, you know, I think you've well, got it, it, you know. I think you've got to have listened to all sixty-eight episodes to have understood what a full badger is. It's kind of buried in the in the subtext of um, of the of the chit chat, or how is it described? The war games wittering, I think, um, that we're we're aspiring to here. Um, okay, no, that's that's a good one actually. That's a good catch, Andy. I, I did mean to mention that as well. It's um, interesting, interesting pricing. Moving on, so um, let's kind of keep going around. So, so Tamsin, are you? You did faces this week. Are you going to do like hands um, the, <laughs> the next week or something? Shoulder flashes. Uh, I did. Well, I did the hands this hands at the oh, same hands time. Hands and faces. Okay. Hands and faces. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, well, essentially all that's left to do on 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 this batch, uh, sort of the black leather bits and the metal work. And with with oh, and the with those, on, yeah. on some of the some of the some of the standard bearers, so yeah. the horse. So with those cavalry, um, for six mil, do you use like really really tiny static grass, or do you go for actual flock with um, or whatever it is with with six mil? I think I use, I think when I did the original ones, I used I did use two mil. Two mil, wow. That's teeny tiny, isn't it? That's that's getting close to flop. Two, two, I well, two, I two on static grass is pretty standard. Most of it. Okay. What you get most of the get in most packs. You can get. Oh, you do get longer, but. Right. Okay. I, I, I I'm thinking mine was four for some reason, but um, that's maybe that's a bit. Un- Adam, um, as we say traditionally, and I know we're a year into this now. Um, you're on mute, but um. Yeah, no, I was just saying, for six mil figures, two mil grass is like well above the knee. It's up to the thigh, so it probably looks like proper yeah. wading through a cornfield. Yeah, no, which is probably quite good. No, but we've been to that cornfield in the American Civil War, and the um, the corn is a lot higher. You could probably use <laughs> 10 mil grass or something like that for, for the actual cornfield grass if you were doing that properly. Okay. And do you think the... Um, Tamsin, do you think the paratroopers might get started this week, or are you going to have the discipline... To, to stick with the six mil American Civil Wars, I'll be sticking with the six mil six mil this week. Uh, admirable, admirable. Yeah. I'll be doing prep work on on the on the on the twenty eight mil paras. Ah, okay, good. So so you'll do four books at any one time, but only one and a half projects if you count prepping as half. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right. Um, well, look, let's go. Let's go full badger next, then, Peter. Are you gonna? You say you've got a day off. Um, does that mean you're 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 gonna are you gonna spray them? Are you gonna bother undercoating? You're just gonna go straight gold? How are you, how are you gonna approach your um, um your I'm, hussars? I'm gonna uh, got the white paint, uh, give them a gold uh, spray over that with that. But I think I'm gonna be faffing about with the whole sticking them down and that, and trying to work out how I can get the wings on and paint it and spray it without it all being uh, something that I have to stick back together again half a dozen times. So I'm gonna be faffing with that and having a bit of fun with it. Um, yeah, I quite enjoy doing that. Once it comes together and you've got a plan and it works, it feels good. But um, there's that. 
Um, and also, I've, I was going to set aside some time, sit down with a coffee and, and work out what two competitive armies I want for the new ADLG book. It's not out yet, but um, I'm just thinking when we get back and going to tournaments, I was just thinking, you know, like when we, the one you run up in Manchester and you, it splits into two periods. What was it? It was before 1000 and after 1000? Possibly. Yeah. Or was it Was it 500? I can't remember which way it used to split. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It might be 500, but, um, but basically um, thinking of just two armies, is it two new armies I want to do? But I want to sort of think of a new competitive army. Okay. Wow. So you're just doing some deep army list diving before you yeah, see the new just, versions coming out. That's bold. Yeah. Just just think of an army I want to uh, look at, just to look at something a bit different, uh, something set up. So, uh, yeah, in between, you know, it gives me something to chew on and think about while waiting for the new list to come out. But, uh, um, yeah, do the polls, paint them up, some nice winged hussars. Um, and then think about, you know, do I want to do a project? Because uh, look at the timeline when we've got things to open up. Because I like to get an army painted up, then practice it for the competitions for when we go play. And, um, you know, there's a few people around uh, this picture that uh, I usually try and practice a game and sit. Uh, normally Dave takes it apart and I try it on Simon and he gives me a different line. And then Andy shows me how to defend. Um, so... You know, I, I try a few things out for competitions. So I, I think I quite get, like getting if, my head into If you want an army thing. that's very simple, not a lot of complexity to it, Anglo-Saxon. Uh, I, I want a bit more shy, complexity. Very simple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, simple but not good, quite possibly. <laughs> okay, so you're you're going to be... Uh, it's bold, though, to... Um, I guess there's not going to be that many changes in the new list, but it's um it's just picking a couple and... You know, if you're if you're looking at a couple of matched armies, I think I can probably recommend a number of podcasts which have come out in the last few months in which um which may be discussing that. And I think Dave actually we're we're talking about doing um Byzantines against the Bulgars for the next one, which is sort of picking something slightly obscure, picking one of the more obscure Byzantine lists or Byzantine lists. Stop stop grinding your teeth, Dave. Yeah, um, the Bulgars. Um, I'm not sure there's a different way to pronounce those. I picked um, up a, a nice Byzantine uh, army in uh, Shalwa when we were there. Okay. Always Dave, do you pronounce the Byzantine commander Basil or Basil? Exactly. That's my issue. <laughs> Origano, I think he's called. That's his sub-commander, is Origano. Is it Justin or um, Justine? Justine. Um, so, Adam, what about you? Did you um, you going to you're going to crack and start prepping um, the plastic perries or are you just well, going no, to spend um, all your time looking for nail polish remover shakers? Vortex manipulators. Um, no, I'm going to uh, finish the uh, Dacians. What is it? The one's up, Dave? Dacians. No, Dacians. Yeah, I'm going to finish the Dacians. And um, then um, I probably won't go straight on to the uh, medieval stuff. I'm going to have a break from 25 mil. So I was thinking of doing some ships. So I've got a few sort of like ironclads that need to be put together and painted. So I'll probably sort of like get out a couple of ironclads and start sticking them together, possibly. Or I might just change my mind and do something completely different. Not absolutely sure. Who knows? Okay. And then do you get um, do you get your kids? No, your kids back to school in a fortnight, aren't they? With everybody else's, I guess. And yeah. then... Um, and cricket season will start again, and you can do a bit more bat seasoning as well. <laughs> no, that's that's a winter job, so it's all good. That's all done. Okay. Well, if, if we're talking cricket, um, we, of course, have to 
pretend that we're talking to an Australian who pretends to be interested in it. Simon, what? No, of course not. Exactly. So what's um, so what's on your list after a a paltry two medium cavalry week? What's what's coming up for you? So I'm gonna be finishing uh, the last of my figures for my rampant dragon army. So need some more twenty five mil rats. Need more, you know, rats and things like that. Then, I then still I'm need start... to dig those two rats out for you, don't I? I'll, I'll do that as soon as we finish recording, get that sorted for you. They're in a box somewhere. Um, yep. but then I'm going to start, uh, start uh, prepping the Alexandrian army, uh, Alexander the Great Army, and just start getting my head around how the pike want to work. So I bought all the different pike options from museums, so the pike standing upright and sort of coming down the porcupine effect to try and get that um, proper pike effect look of them coming towards you. And um, if we can get some decent weather, I might actually try to get some base coating done. So that'll be a good fun. Excellent. Okay, so that's a, that's a solid week. I think I may well just be um, uh, sticking or cutting out. Uh, that's the downside of doing your own transfers, having to exactly carefully cut out the shield transfers and then then do the microsole, the microset. Uh, in fact, the microset and then the microsole. And the different layers of varnish and get all those sorted and and tart up um all these old spearmen to to achieve something or, or get some sort of result and i think definitely there will be a mass spraying moment i've got two different trays there that that have got they've even got some of those um the the museum persians um the spar bar and things like that i've got some more cavalry on that one i've got some of the legio heroica um ottoman cavalry to do um and I think if I get all that done, that probably does mean that I will then end up doing the German tanks, really, just as distraction pieces, because I'll set myself the plan of doing about 100 horsemen or 100 horses, and I'll want something to stop doing that. And I actually have been sat here playing whilst we're doing this on the um, on the desk with this um, Arrowhead Miniatures Puma Armoured Car, which um, came in about 15 different pieces, possibly more, and did have an interior that I did paint with the interior ivory white for for those of you who can remember when we talked about that German paint set, which is quite worrying. Um, but I think I may have actually glued the turret back on, so that that might be slightly academic. But um, but this Puma does look so nice that I may actually push that to the front of the queue and um, and do some of these German different German armored cars and, um, and and get that done as well because yeah they do look kind of cool. Um, so yeah, that's that's the week ahead for me. Um, a bit more spraying as well. So I think on on that note, we've um, we've gone around the room. We've done all our normal features and um, a a tidy short one as we're now looking forward in some way to to our next five week period until until the next thing changes in in whatever world we're in. So we will um, leave you to, all to your your spraying, undercoating, and waiting for things to arrive and, and waiting for stuff to get better. So. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. See you, everybody. Bye.